Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me, and this is the podcast where we highlight badass women in the entertainment industry, find out how they broke through, and talk about some of those taboo things within the industry, of course. Now, before I tell you about this week's guest, I always like to give a shout-out to some women who are killing it in the game this week. We got some really cool news that there is a new female-focused imprint on the record label Big Loud. Some of their artists include Chris Lane, Jake Owen, Morgan Wallen. Well, this new label, Songs and Daughters Records, is in some mighty capable hands. Nicole Gallion has been named as the president. Now, if you don't know who that is, you definitely know her song. She's written some of the biggest out there, like Dan and Shay's Tequila, Keith Urban's We Were Us, Camila Cabello's Consequences, Lee Bryce's Boy, that's just naming a very small amount of them. I am so excited about this, and I know the industry is as well. So go show Nicole and the Big Loud team some love. Awesome job. All right, now on to this week's conversation featuring Jessie Ritter. I've been watching her for a while now, and she was a favorite of mine in the Nash Next competition for 2018. Spoiler alert, she did win that year, but also not really a spoiler. That was in October. Anyway, she has a really unique story as a musician and we'll definitely have you reevaluating the ways you can be working within the music and entertainment industry. Now, Jessie is now signed on Big Machine Label Group. That was her prize for winning the competition. But does that necessarily mean she is in the clear as a musician? We're going to talk about that and so much more. So let's get this thing going. It's Breaking Through with Jessie Ritter. Here we are, Jesse Ritter. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to finally be here. I'm so glad that you're here. And you and I have known each other for not even quite a year yet. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Been a big year. Yeah, it's been a huge year for you. So, guys, I I know Jesse because she is the winner of Nash Next. Yes. I actually had the honor of announcing it. Yes, so, that was so cool. Very exciting. We got to do confetti guns and everything. It was very cool. And I do want to talk about that. But before we get to that point, to where I met you, yeah, I really want to help people to get to know you a little bit better because you still are a very new artist and <laughs> and it's very important to I think highlight how people get to where they are yeah and your story has been very interesting let's let's start just like at the beginning where did you grow up yeah so I grew up in southeast Missouri mm-hmm. um we grew up we had a few different houses but mostly a big farm huge lake in the back like lived 30 minutes 30 seconds from school and Everyone in my family's doctors. So I grew up in this world between like the hospital and the farm. And that oh, whoa. was kind of where I grew up in. Yeah. And then I came to Nashville for college and was in the city for the first time. So were you already into country music like growing up or was it Nashville that? Okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, I had the radio on all the time. We listened to Faith Hill and Martina McBride and Trisha Yearwood and uh, Leanne Womack. And we grew up on all these girls. Oh, yeah. And the radio was always on. And we'll talk a little bit about that, too, and a little bit because, you know, that's something that's brought up a lot on this podcast is how much of an inspiration these women in country music have been. So, yeah. Good to know that that's where your head was at too. Uh So then I read, I think one of like the coolest facts I think that I've read about you since before you came and did Nash Next and everything was you performed on cruise ships. Yeah, I did. So, man, music is like so uncertain and you have no idea when you say, oh, I want to be a musician. What does that look like? So it came to Nashville for Belmont and really just on a whim, I was on campus on a Saturday and I saw they were having auditions. And I literally thought, 
I haven't been to an audition in a while. Auditions are really scary. I should go do this one so I'm less nervous when a job comes that I want. It was just like a... <laughs> I was like, I should just practice A vetting for yourself, yeah. Yeah, because it's scary to stand in front of three people and have them, you know, they're judging you. Dude, that's so intimidating. I mean, like in any kind of situation like that, because I mean, all of them are usually, they've seen already a hundred people and they're yeah. like bored and, you know, nobody can impress them, right? Yeah, so, and... It's just, it's never like a fun experience yeah. auditioning for something. But I thought I should go do this. Never, ever, ever thinking that I would take the job eventually. And I kind of forgotten about it because it was, that was like early spring. And then halfway through summer, I had just graduated and the lease on my apartment was about to be up. And I had no idea what being a full-time musician looked like when you're not in school. Mm -hmm. And I got a call like, hey, do you remember you auditioned for Carnival Cruise Lines? We're looking for a vocalist on a ship that sails through the Bahamas. Uh, you'll get a paycheck every two weeks. We'll give you a place to stay and you can eat here on the ship and this will be your life. You perform six nights a week. It's like, Whew. Okay, sign me up. That sounds like where I should go right now. So that was post-grad? Did you do that? So that was like right when you got out of school? Yeah, so I graduated. I guess you graduate in May and I was on the ship in... July, I think it was pretty quick. Oh, I got to hear all about this experience because that is, it, it's interesting. You, you know, you said you don't really know, you don't think about like what an actual musician looks like. Cause there are yeah. so many different ways. A lot of people just instantly assume, oh, it's, you're a singer or you play for a singer or you, you know, do whatever your producer, like all of those kind of at face value things. Yeah. But there are so many different ways to actually be a professional musician. There's That's one of them. So many different ways. And you just don't know what it looks like, yeah. or at least what each stage is going to look like. And at that time, that was the perfect thing for me to do. And it was really cool. There were some really good parts and some really hard parts, but I'm really glad I did it. Okay. So I, I'm not kidding when I say I'm totally fascinated by this because <laughs> I've been on, I've been on a handful of cruises and yeah. I'm always watching the people that are working on them and stuff because you, you stay like with all of the employees, right? Yeah. So it was very interesting. It was the first time in my life I ever felt like a minority. Really? Oh, because they that all come so from all over the place. So everyone on the, all the guests are American pretty yeah. much. But I was one of 10 crew members who spoke English. Oh my gosh. First language. Like, I mean, everyone speaks. Right, but, right. Know, there was, there's not that many people who have your history and grew up like you did who you see for more than a weekend and then they leave. So yeah the people you're close with, they're just from all over the world, very different. You know, I'm sure if you were a guest, you heard like, oh, there's a crew party tonight. Yeah. They have crew parties. And all the guests are always trying to break into the crew party. They are? Like, <laughs> it's like not that different from everything you could do on the rest of the ship. But even there, like the music was different. Lots of Latin influence. Oh, yeah. And, and um, uh, like European music that I just didn't hear every day. So that was just really cool to be immersed in these different cultures. It's yeah. like the ship is like its own country. Oh, yeah. Like its own it, nationality and group of people that you would never, like you don't know what another country is really like until you visit. You don't know what the culture of a ship is like until you live in it. What was ultimately the reason that you decided to leave that? So I had done it for two years and there was- there was, People do it for a long time, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the singers, they will like get kicked out on the first contract because they just 
because you sing a lot. It's like yeah. a lot of singing. And you realize very quickly if you're like physically up to it or not. But if you can't, a lot of people stay for like 20 years. Yeah, that's what I hear. But I knew that I wanted to do country music, that I wanted yeah. to sing my own songs. So it was a really cool job to have for a while where we had disco night and classic rock night and Motown night and um, like Woodstock night. Like we sang all this music and I was singing everything from, you know, Katy Perry to ACDC. Ooh. And like never would I have sang those songs yeah. or known I could do that. So it was really, really good for me. But the only songs I couldn't sing were mine. Yeah. And, and that's what you wanted. And the only night, okay, we had Motown, we had disco. There was no country night. Yeah. Like, man, the one thing I'm like already pretty darn good at is the one no night. No country night. Like, what the? I'm actually shocked by that considering it like, you know, so many Americans like, go on it. Only the Texas ship had a country night. Oh, So bummer. I had to like learn how to style like Aretha and yeah. Adele and Madonna and sound like these people. And I couldn't sing like a Shania Twain song that would have been a lot right. easier for me. <laughs> well, with all the people that roll through there and over the time of two years, I mean, that's all kinds of different people from all over the country, all over the world. Did people ever approach you and say like, hey, let's do something with your career. Like I work here, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. There were people, but they were more like- Drunk? <laughs> And those people are on a cruise, that right? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were definitely not there to think about work. But right. the thing is, when you're singing there, you present yourself as like the cover band singer. Right. That's all you are. So they want to hire us for their wedding. Mm -hmm. They want to hire us for their corporate event, which is all awesome. And we could have gone that direction. It's just very, a very different direction than the singer. Again, it's not you singing your own music. Yeah. So... It was good to like have that validation, like, oh, we're good and people want to hire us in other places, but they wanted to hire that band, yeah. the ship band, which is very different than the Jesse Ritter band. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so it was a wise decision. And obviously decision. it's yeah. all working out pretty well right now. Yeah, 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 it's good. But I don't think I'd be as confident in singing my stuff if I hadn't sang Katy Perry on right. stage for two years. Like, yeah. It, it was really good. And that's invaluable as a performer to be able to perform that many times. And since you were physically up for, to it, like to be able to do that, man, there's nothing you can't do at this point. Yeah. And at the beginning, like I was telling someone this the other day, I was so shy and I was like, okay, everyone, thank you for coming on the Carnival <laughs> Sensation. We're going to have a great <laughs> night. And then I was like, welcome to the Carnival Sensation, everybody. It is 80s night. We are going to have a party. And you just... And that was so hard for me to say at the beginning. I don't know why that was so hard, <laughs> but it was. Because you didn't have the experience yet. And yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't have the experience on those stages and and you just get used to it and you can try whatever you want Yeah. and they like you or they don't like you. And if they don't, they're gone in three days and you probably never see them again. Exactly. So you get another whole group you in a couple hours. Try it. Does it work? Yeah. And we learned a lot. So did you already know, did you already have that kind of vast vocabulary or book of songs that you knew? Or did you play like the Broadway scene when you were at Belmont? I didn't that much. So mm -hmm. I chose to really be in school when I was in school. So yeah. I was a music major and I was in the honors program. Oh, So it was... Just being a music major there, you're involved in like a ton of on-campus stuff. So you're in all the different bands 
um, on campus. And then with the honors program, there's this massive amount of reading and these huge projects. So I perform during the summer all the time. But when I was in school, like, and of course, I want to be a straight A student. And so I did did all the things we were supposed to right. do. But I really soaked up school while we were in school. And then in the summer, I performed every single weekend and kind of went back and forth. And now school's over and it's music full time, which is good. Uh-huh. Well, and there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are aspiring artists or people yeah. that are all over the country thinking about moving to Nashville. How do they start getting into that scene in order to be able to perform? Man, it's so interesting just show up. Yeah. All the places I've sang at, I've just showed up. Really? And most of the places, yeah. You hang out, you show mm-hmm. up. Who's the owner? Say hi. Who's singing tonight? Oh, let's invite Jessie up for a song. I heard her sing at this other place. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it's who you know, but a lot of it's about who you know, but it, not in like an artificial way. You just... Well, relationships are... Yeah. yeah. And... uh it's kind of interesting for me because I did leave to do the ship thing and now I've kind of built these other worlds and like yeah. half of my world is in Nashville and half of my world is outside Nashville. So even for me, it's like, okay, we're in town. Where are we going next? And yeah. and how do you get in around that this these people are doing? And mm-hmm. I've found it's like, if your friends are doing it, you'll probably end up doing it too. True. Which is so cool because it's so easy to be friends with people who have so much in common with you, Mm -hmm. which used to be scary. And now it's encouraging. Yeah. And it feels like this is a town. And I mean, yeah, that's still music is a business and everything is, you know, it's very much a business, but the relationships in Nashville seem to be way different than like relationships in LA and relationships in other places. Do you feel that? Yeah. I mean, So I've spent a lot of time between Nashville and Florida and I know like the music community there, we are so like latch onto each other because there's not as many of us. Right. So the, the market, like the venues are maybe as many as there are here, but there's not nearly as many musicians. So we are all like banding together, like to just to create this community and fill the need down there. And it's, it's the same here yeah it's just more of us which right is good yeah well when you nashville is an ever-changing city i mean even from when i moved here which was i think almost six years ago now to now like i almost don't recognize what it was before then oh, so yeah. for you having left for two years when you came back to nashville how was it different for you okay this is one of the funniest things because when you're on the ship you have no cell no internet no nothing you don't have a cell phone on the ship well, you do. You just never have service. Oh. So maybe like once every 20 days when the <gasps> ship is docked, you have service. So, and the internet is too slow to even use. Yeah. So you're just totally out of the loop. So while I was gone, my church came out and was like a massive, like Marin became known while I was gone. Yeah. And I remember coming back and someone said, have you heard my church? I'm like, no, what's that? Like, it's the Mar- Who's Marin Morris? <laughs> like, it's been out for a year and a half. I'm like, I haven't had a radio for a year and a half. Yeah. So that was one of the coolest things to me to be like, oh my gosh, I missed the world. 
Yeah. Developing for two years. So you were gone like then 2015? 2015 to 2017. Oh, yeah. you you like basically just got back. I mean, it's, I guess it's been two years, but still like yeah. that's not that long. Yeah. So when you were gone is really when like tomato gate happened and stuff yeah, like that, I right? All of that. I was like <sighs> gone, totally out of the media. So you really did miss all like, of that stuff. What has happened? happened. Yeah. So were you glad then to see when you came back that this conversation of the lack of women in on in country radio was actually substantial now? Yes. Yeah. Because I remember and I think when I left was when Casey's second album came out. Mm-hmm. I remember wondering like why isn't this stuff why don't I hear this? Yeah. Like why isn't it being played? And So you were realizing there was a problem but no one was really saying anything at that time, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was listening to the Ashley Monroe album oh, that so had come out right at that yeah. time and Pistol Annie's and I I didn't really understand why I wasn't hearing it on the radio too. Yeah. And I was like, thank the Lord, I can save my Spotify playlist for offline. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of drama with that too. But mm-hmm. as a listener, I was so glad I could access this music that I wouldn't hear when I'd turn on the radio. Right. And were you purposeful in trying to find female artists or do you just tend to like kind of go towards them? Well, I remember the Pistol Annie's was really cool because I knew Miranda, but I didn't know Ashley Monroe at the right. time. And then I would have never probably have heard about her solo record if it hadn't been for them. And then, you know, I love the You Might Like These Other Artists bar. I remember yeah. being in like a freshman in high school on iTunes, like diving into the you might like this person and this person and this person. And this person only has one song out. And no one knows who they are. And you find these these new artists that way. But it's fun to claim artists too, which is why I'm like really excited to have you on here because I'm hoping that some people discover you through this as well. And then, awesome. you know, they can be like, yes, that's my girl, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like Miranda Lambert, you might also yeah. like Jesse Ritter. <laughs> yes. Get on that bar, girl. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I very intentionally seek people out. And yeah. I've loved the podcast too because I listen to it every day. And then there's, uh, a new artist I haven't heard of and mm-hmm. I listen to their songs, which is kind of funny hearing the conversation and then listening to a new song. Oh, like, yeah. Like getting to know an artist before you've heard the music. I didn't really think about that. That's interesting. So unique. And I have to like, I make myself wait. I'm like, okay, wait, don't listen to this song until the whole interview's over. Like, oh, don't pause it. I love that. <laughs> oh, you really should cool. do the same. That's a fun, that's a fun little thing to do. It's really cool because a lot of times you'll ask about a certain song. Yeah. So then I'm like in suspense the whole time waiting to hear it. Oh, I love <laughs> so it. Okay. So, and, and you've been, thank you, by the way, because you've been a great supporter of this podcast as well. You've said such sweet things to me and I just so appreciate you listening. And I'm glad that you have something to listen to on the road too. <laughs> that has to I do with you. All the time. <laughs> but you know that one of the topics that I really like to touch on on here is, um, women being pitted against other women because I mean you too you are a part of a competition that's how I met you where you know and competitions it's it is pitting people against each other no matter what I mean that's kind of the basis of it but you know it's 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 in a bit of a nicer way obviously but have you experienced that a lot because I mean you you talk about a community in Florida that you guys are building and there's a lot more venues there so there's a lot more opportunity right yeah but here in town you know, we've kind of been fed this idea that 
there's not that many spaces. And so we kind of have to fight for them. And do you experience that a lot? And if so, how do you deal with that? How do you approach it? Yeah. So that's one thing I loved about stepping outside of Nashville for me. Yeah. It wasn't as many people. And instead of like fighting for a gig, you're calling people and saying, hey, I can't take these. Do you want to take, like, I literally can't work this much. Do you want to sing at this place? Yeah. Like, yeah. But being here, it is really hard. And even like the night of the competition, there was all the guys and all the girls. And I, I remember we were backstage and I think every other girl in the competition had on a black sequined dress. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember looking around being like, did I miss the memo? <laughs> what? Was I supposed happened? to? <laughs> yeah. And instead of me like, and the way I go is like, oh my gosh, I've done something wrong. Like I'm clearly not cool enough to be here. They're all shiny <laughs> and what is happening? And and then I'm like, okay, forget about it. I wore my favorite dress and they probably wore their favorite dress and mm-hmm. it's all fine. But you, you are like, do they know something I don't know? And, and comparing yourself in, at Belmont, even then in the commercial voice program, there are the big ensembles that a yeah. lot of people get in. And then there are like the elite ensembles that only a few people get in. And our, Cassie Ashton and I were in the country oh. ensemble together at Belmont. And like, uh, and that was a big deal to get in that. But I got in my senior year. Mm-hmm. And, but the first three years, again, you go, you have to audition in yep. front of your teachers and, and somebody gets in and you don't and you don't get to sing those songs with those people and and it feels crappy and like you don't want to like not be friends with someone anymore because they got what right. you But then the sad truth of it is they're in the group and you're not. That means they're hanging out together all the time and they are going to do those shows together and you're not there and just have to be happy for them because then you know what your senior year you might be in the group so true just keep trying which is what you did right <laughs> did you go to school with a lot of people that are coming out on the scene right now yeah Devin Dawson yeah and Cassie Ashton and Emily Wiseband was in my class and her two new songs are incredible oh my gosh yeah go check those out if you haven't uh she's doing like a pop project and yeah. it's wild and she's if you don't know her name you know her songs because mm-hmm. she's written a lot of I think she's There's written a quite lot a few. With Lauren, Elena, yeah. and Raylan, mm-hmm. I think. And yeah. I remember meeting her when we were 18 and just got to school and literally sitting in the grass outside the dorm, like the Disney movie or right. something. <laughs> and she played this song called Black and White. And some the hook was like, like, you're the color in my black and white world. And I still remember that. And that yeah. song will probably never see the light of day, but who is this girl? And now she's putting out these songs and it's so cool. But yeah, it's awesome to see these people who I sat next to in class. Right. And now they're like on the radio. (laughs) Is it hard sometimes to see stuff like that though too? Or do you feel like you can just fully support and just be like, yay for them? Because I mean, I'll be honest for me, because we've kind of been in this world and grown in this world and, you know, found success in this world that 
it's measured by, you know, did you get that spot? Did you get this? Or you haven't gotten it yet, but so-and-so has. I mean, I'm we're all just human, right? Yeah. And I there's been many times that I find myself kind of caught up in that and feeling the jealousy because we are just human, but we all find different ways to deal with it. So I'm curious if you did, and again, if so, how you deal with it. I think it's so much easier to be happy for the people who were nice. Mm-hmm. They were always so cool. They were so good at what they did. And look at it. Look what they're doing now. But there were also the people who were not as nice. Yeah. And probably because they were working so hard and so stressed out and it was just a bad day. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a lot of bad days in a row. But when you're not as nice, those are the people who are like, why? Dang, yeah. How did they get there. How did they have that slot when they weren't that nice to me? Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? It, they probably are just doing the best they can. So yeah. I don't know. It's but that, not there's, a, easy. there's a lesson in there, too. I mean, being a good person, I think, goes such a further way than talent. And and I was once told that something along the lines of that from um, a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing it in a lot of things, you know, and I, I wasn't aware of it before because nobody really spelled it out for me like that. Yeah. But man, if you are a good person, it's always going to matter more than the talent because people yeah. want to work with you, be around you, root for you and everything. Like That's yeah. it's and important. People are happy to see goodness succeed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Nobody wants to see someone succeed who kicked everyone else to get there. Uh-huh. But I think these days, I hope, most people who are kicking other people to get somewhere are not getting very far. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're at a point where that's not really tolerated. I think so. I feel like there's a lot of change happening within the industry. It's a slow change, but there, it's there. Like I feel people are more cognizant of of not being bad hope <laughs> no, so. hopefully hope so. we can only hope for the best now let's go back to uh nash next yeah and what has happened since you won that competition that was in october right October, yeah. um so what's what's life been like since then you know it's so interesting it's not like your entire life changes overnight right. which is what it sounds like jesse got a record deal like yeah. the whole world's changed no, the whole world's not changed. You go to sleep in your same bed yep. and you still drive yourself around Nashville and have no idea where you're going. It's <laughs> fine. But there's been like some really cool days. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Bentley Bash. Yeah. At CMA Fest was so cool. Got to open for Eli Young Band and mm-hmm. play at Cannery Ballroom and see a room full of people who probably didn't know what I was, who I was, but they were singing along by the end of the song. Yeah. Came to give hugs afterwards. Like that was so cool. The coolest show I've done was opening for Hunter Hayes. Oh, nice. Was amazing. He came down and played in Pensacola. And I've like been obsessed with his music since I was 14 or whatever. Mm-hmm whenever Storm Warning came out. And uh, so I knew he was going there and I found out who was in charge of the concert on the Navy base. And I just called him like, you need to let me open this show. Like, well, we already have Brandon Radcliffe coming down from Nashville. I'm like, just stick me in first for 20 minutes. I don't care. I said, you need a girl on the bill Mm -hmm. and you need a local artist. And I am both those things. 
And for some reason, she said yes. And so I got to open the show and there was 10,000 people there. Oh, my gosh. It was insane. That is a testament to if you don't ask, you'll never know. Always ask. Yeah. Always ask. You never know. I had, I really didn't think it would happen, but I knew I love Hunter. I love his music and I want to play this show. And it makes sense. Yeah. Not like it was totally out of left field. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was bad because now I want to play shows like that all the time. (laughs) I am not going to be as easily satisfied Blessing and a curse. Yeah, like a drug. Oh, no. Well, and you say you called them up yourself. And I've, Mm -hmm. I, it's still the case because I know when I first met you, you were like managing yourself. You were, you were like one woman team. You were doing it all yourself. Is that still the case right now? No, uh, totally. <laughs> you, got, you got some help now. So is it so, is it, is it so, just a different world? Because doing it by yourself, oh my God. Like, I mean, one person just being a publicist is a full-time job. So yeah. it's just, so, how different is that? I definitely can't do everything on my own. Yeah. So like, I'll say Shelby Paul is on publicity at Big Machine. And shout out to Shelby. We love Shelby. She's amazing. Uh-huh. And she totally set up all the interviews during CMA Fest. She yeah. helped me organize getting here with you today. Like mm-hmm. just so much stuff that I couldn't do. Every, you just can't do everything right. on your own. And, and having a team at a label just to bounce ideas back and forth. Like, hey, I think I'm going to think about this for a music video. Do you like the way this looks? And yeah just nice to not feel like every single thing is just you right it's nice to have people around you it's nice to have someone to talk about stuff with yeah um but for the most part i'm i mean i'm still in charge of everything i still you. everything yeah. i still manage my own life yeah <laughs> i don't know when you get to a point where you have someone else managing your life <laughs> well what's been the the most like the biggest misconception for you now that you're actually experiencing being a part of a major label, what what is different about what you're expecting? Mm. You know, I've learned a lot, but the more I talk to like people that are further in the industry, the more I realize, I think everyone's at least a little bit like making it up as we go. Totally. I learn that all the time. There is no rule book. There mm-hmm. is no formula. There is no... First step, second step, third step. I mean, even with the competition, the first three Nash Next winners were, their song was handled in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then they said, let's try something new this year. Like, there's no exact path to walk. So, right. which is kind of still scary when even people who know what they're doing. Don't know what they're like, doing. Yeah. You just can still try stuff. But it's also encouraging because- you can kind of do whatever you want. When you can present new ideas and not, you know, think that you're going to get shut down because it's not the way things are because they're, we're always just morphing our ideas into new things. And, and again, like there are so many different ways to be in music and, and I'm at a point where I'm, I'm in like all the kind of routes you could take. So I have a song that I've heard on, country radio like that is incredible that's one world I also play these songwriter festivals which is Mm -hmm. like a very folky world and kind of separate from like Nashville country and then I do a ton of these house concerts which is a very different path some people just play house concerts Mm -hmm. and then sometimes I play in a bar and 
somebody will say, do you want a hundred bucks to play for an extra 30 minutes? And I'm like, thank you, Lord. This is a good night. Yeah. Like there's just so many different places you can be. And Jesse Ritter has a major label this year and still plays in the bar sometimes. So mm-hmm. don't worry, like just keep doing what you're doing and you have no idea where it's going to be. And it, one day you're in the back of the bar and one day you're opening for Hunter Hayes in front of 10,000 people. So yeah. who knows? <laughs> but be open to everything, right? Yeah. And that is a, that was one of the things that surprised me the most when I started learning about, you know, record deals and everything like that is, you know, you hear major record label and you hear that you got signed and you think that it's just riches and yay and everything's fantastic. And like to find out, I remember I was talking with um, Runaway June and Naomi was telling me, you know, they had gotten signed. And then like literally to the signing, she's driving her car there that she had to turn on with a oh, wrench yeah. and no air conditioning. And I mean, the... You, like it's st- it's a struggle forever. I mean, it it's always constantly, you know, making sure that it's a job. It is it is a job when it all comes down to it too. It's just a really cool job. <laughs> so um, I know one of the guys from the Kentucky Headhunters and who has now like retired down to close to where I live in Florida. And he was talking, he's like, we had a gold record and the label threw us a gold record party and all this stuff. And it was so fancy and I hadn't seen a dollar of it yet. Yeah. Like, we hadn't made any money. Mm-hmm. Like It's just, he said, it's just not really what you think it is, but, but that's okay. Like, but you love you're, it. You're still, yeah. they, they had a gold record. Like they played a ton of shows and like, it was awesome. But he said, it wasn't what he thought it would be. Yeah. But it's still like really cool. Yeah, it's still really cool. But it's well, not glamorous. Like I even right. like uh, when I when I see like, I think Instagram's so interesting and there are like vices there too. But with the stories, you can kind of see what people's lives are like. Mm-hmm. And you see that you're on a tour bus and you have a tiny bed to sleep in and teeny tiny bathroom and like the most famous Maybe not the most famous, but like famous people are living in like what looks like camp. Yep. Like it's like summer camp. And mm-hmm. You just have to be okay with that, I guess. So what is your vision for where you'd like to see yourself in, let's say, five years? Man, I would love to to open for someone. Mm-hmm. I would love to just know what like it's like to be on the road and know what your entire summer is going to be or know. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, I perform full time now, so I book a ton of shows, but they're just different kinds. And as I've gotten these opportunities to open for artists this year, one of the best things is I know I can do it. Yeah. Like command an audience like that. and, and, And I think it's so easy to be insecure and Am I am I good enough to do something like this? Okay, yeah. I've done it. Like I know it's possible and I want to do more of that. But like um I saw Lori McKenna at City Winery and I've seen oh. a few City Winery shows. Those are very different types yeah. of shows. Like to do a City Winery tour, like like I saw Leanne Womack there. Mm-hmm. That's a very different kind of show than like a festival show. So I'd like to kind of be able to like teeter between both of those worlds yeah an intimate songwriter world and this like big stage world and the great thing is you can really carve your own path and decide if you want to do it and I do that now just on a a smaller scale so 
kind of just got to keep making it up as you go. Yeah. Not not 100%. <laughs> well, and when you go and open up a show like Hunter Hayes with thousands of people, mm-hmm. do you talk to, do you like seek out people that work on that tour to like learn from them? Yeah, I try. It's It's kind of a balance between meeting people and learning yeah. what you can and not bothering people. Right. Not like coming <laughs> up with like a legal pad of your okay. questions. Tell me everything you know. <laughs> but I think just watching because everything moves so fast on yeah. those show days and and watch how who's who's in charge of this? Who's finding this? Where where are they going? Watching Hunter Hayes run his sound check mm-hmm. was awesome. He is so smart. He walked around the entire like field he wanted to know what it sounded like from every angle. Oh, whoa. He was talking. He he was just so in charge of what the show would be like. And I really admired how he how he commanded that. He yeah. knew what he wanted and was just ready to make it happen. And he made sure that it sounded good from where the people would be listening, not just that he had the monitor mix he wanted. And that's the kind of stuff that you'll remember and yeah, do yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just good good to watch. What do they do? How how are they doing it? When backstage at Bentley Bash, Tyler Rich was hanging out, was so nice to everyone. He brought his grandpa with him. Oh, plus I didn't get grandpa. to meet the grandpa. It was so, so <laughs> sweet. And so I was like, okay, yeah. mom can hang out backstage. That's not like just for children. Like uh-huh. you just learn little pieces of, of, of how people have designed their career and their life. Yeah. Well, I I know we need to wrap up fairly soon here and I want to get to your song as well, but um, I do, I am curious. It's sticking out to me in my head, you know, that you're living kind of these two different worlds right now, Nashville, Florida, right? So how do they feel in Florida about you coming to Nashville? Because, you know, it's sounding like that's very much a community that might be hurt or sad if you leave. No, they are so encouraged. Oh, good. They were so happy when... Because the way Nash Next works is you you win regionally and then they pick people to come to Nashville. Right. So, yeah, I got picked, but it wasn't just me. From their point of view, I was representing the music community of the Gulf Coast. Yeah. like, And I grew up in Missouri, so I, I didn't grow up down in Florida, but they feel the same way. Like, you really carry a torch for your hometown and, like, champion – and represent what what is bred in these little communities yeah. and you get to show it to a bigger world and show that off. And I think it's a beautiful responsibility. But it no, is. they're very excited. They're like, go do it, go do it. Do they ever come to Nashville with you? My husband comes with me a lot. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he better. He's awesome. <laughs> and he's such a huge supporter of you. I mean, is that is, is he in, in a similar kind of world or is are you separate worlds? He writes fantasy novels. Oh, so well, so kind of similar in a writer's it's, way, it's really right? Cool. Creative. Because he's creative, but it's a, a different enough medium that there's still this level of awe yeah. over what you can do like I understand the creative process but I sure can't write a novel so I'm like amazed at what he does has he ever written with you he has helped with a couple songs yeah it's really sweet mostly he just says really sweet things and then I put them in oh yeah you guys are so cute I saw you there adorable (laughs) he seems like such a great support system all right Jesse tell me about nothing but you because this is so exciting this is really like the debut single going 
to rate. It's going to radio, right? This yeah. isn't just a song you're releasing. No, it, and I've heard it on several stations are ah! playing it already. Um, people text me. They must play it around 7 a.m. a lot because I get a lot of texts. I wake up to text messages. That's a good I'm, way to wake up. I'm sure not awake at 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I heard you on my way to work. Oh, cool. So are you experiencing like ad dates and like having to have, have you done radio tour yet? I mean, I know uh, as when we're recording this, you're actually coming to do my radio show, I think the following yeah, day. Yeah. So is this kind of the kickoff to it all or have you been doing it consistently? I, I try to incorporate radio in any town I show up in. Smart. Mm-hmm. So it, and I, I kind of want to do a more focused radio tour um, but right now, it's just if I have to head to Texas, I'm going to stop at every station on the way. Yeah. And coming back and forth between Nashville, you know, Montgomery's in between here. And I want to go to Memphis on my way back and see them. So I'm trying to just make the most of every city that we're in. But they're always, people say radio tours like really hard, but. Like, I remember Abby Anderson was on here. She's like, it's not hard. You just go talk to people and sing the same three songs. (laughs) It's just fun. Mm -hmm. And you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. But I also haven't done it every day for three months in a row. True. I mean, some of those (laughs) uh, bus calls and, you know, lobby calls are really rough. I'm sure when you're like having to schmooze people at night and then wake up the next morning at 4 a.m. Well, the Ty Bentley show is the earliest I ever get up. So this, <laughs> sitting in this room is the earliest you will ever see me like right now. Fair, but I'm sure that's going to be changing a lot down the road. And where did this song come from? I want to know how you got to write in it. Yeah. So actually this was written by Abby Cohn, Daniel Ross, and Jimmy Phil. Oh, okay. So it was actually interesting for the first time cutting a song that I didn't write. Did you struggle with that decision? It was a little hard at first yeah. because I just have always recorded my songs. I'm like, oh, of course it's going to be one of my songs. Right. Wouldn't it be? But I realized that there are, like, I don't think Miranda Lambert wrote The House That Built Me. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank God she recorded a song she didn't write. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, I think there are a ton of great songs out there. And so, I was open to the idea. And then I heard this one. I The way I test songs is I go for my I go a run. For a run. Nice. And if I would save it to my running playlist, then it gets moved to the top of the list. And uh, That's a good strategy. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I was going for a walk. I was walking to the bay and the sun was out and this one came on. I was like, I would listen to this song every day. Yeah. This is so fun. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is interesting to hear you say that as a songwriter, because my, my perspective on that had changed kind of recently because, you know, when you get a big artist like a Garth Brooks or something, who's recording a song that he wasn't a writer on, you're like, what? You know, you're like, you're so talented, blah, blah, blah. But he said something that really changed my perspective on it. And that's that you know, the songwriting community is so special to him that he wants to make sure that he's always supporting that as well. So you as a singer-songwriter, when you're the artist aspect, taking the songwriter's song is a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. And what was that? Um, Fast cars and guitars, they all mean nothing without you. Mm -hmm. I remember Keith Urban was talking about that and he said, like, he was saying, I feel like, that is my song. He's like, but yeah. I never could have written it because it's almost too true mm-hmm. to life. And like, sometimes it just fits. 
Like it's made for a person. Yep. So I think it's totally fine to sing songs you didn't write if it's true to you. Yeah. So when I heard this song, it was different than anything I'd written, but it still fit. And so Mm -hmm. now putting it in a live show, like it makes a lot of sense. Like it's a perfect song to end um, like these sets with and like it, it fits in with my stuff, which yeah. is cool. So it's not like it was something totally out of left field. Right. It fits with you. And well, and it has to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're the one who's singing it. <laughs> so Jesse, thank you so much for being here. And thank and you. I know you're going to stick around and do a performance that's going to be on our YouTube channel, also on nashcountrydaily.com. Yeah. Um, you're going to be doing a cover and you're also going to be doing your single that we were just talking about. And I love that you chose the cover that you chose. A lot of people will think of it as a Tim McGraw song. Yes. But it's really a Lori McKenna song. It's a Lori McKenna song. And I heard her version first, mm-hmm. which really makes it a Lori McKenna song for me. And I'm glad you're doing it, especially because, you know, sometimes we're just talking about the whole songwriter world and everything. And, you know, that is her and her perspective, but it also worked for a male, which is why even, you know, it's a bigger part of this conversation we could even talk about in a whole different way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I'm excited about that. Again, you can head over to nashcountrydaily.com. Jesse, you'll have to come back again and we'll have to talk even more. And I want to hear about everything that's going to be happening within this next year too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, girlfriend has worked so proud of Jesse and the way she represents strong women in this industry. And I still could ask 1 million questions about working on a cruise ship. It fascinates me, but that's another podcast. And it is time for some thank yous. Of course, I want to start with Jessie Ritter. Make sure to follow her on socials at jessie.l.ritter. Also, thank you to our audience of one for this recording. You heard us talking about her. Shelby Paul, you are the best. Thanks for making this happen. And to our breaking through team, Jim Casey, Brian Webb, and Joey Salvia. If you get a chance, we would so, so appreciate it if you could rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. This way more people can discover it and we can keep spreading the word. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see featured next. Hit me up on socials at Elena D. Smith. And while we're talking about it, big shout outs to at Hugo Insta.tn and at James Weekly on Instagram. They sent the sweetest messages about the importance of last week's episode with Mickey Guyton. I so appreciate you guys and it means the world that you reached out. Again, I'm at E-L-A-I-N-A D as in dog Smith. That about does it for me. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, make sure you're here because, well, kind of a little bit of a theme going on. We're going to feature another woman who is a part of a big time televised singing competition. You'll find out who it is soon. Love you guys. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.